Warning. The program you're about to hear is absolutely filthy and thoroughly disgusting. Furthermore, listening to it will immediately turn you into a bottom. Bottom. Hey, everyone. <laughs> Watch me shove this beer can up my ass. I'm proud to declare the Adam Sank Show and his ass open to the wind. Ass open to the wind. This is fuckery. <laughs> this is all fuckery. <laughs> fuckery, fuckery, fuckery. Powered by DNR Studios. And now... Give a warm round of applause to my friend and yours, Adam Sank. Welcome. Yes, happy Pride Month, everybody, and welcome to the Adam Sang Show. We are back live, if you're listening live, at 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday, June 4th, 2022, at dnrstudios.com. <clears throat> Let's see. Or the DNR Cast app, the only place to hear this podcast live and throughout the week that it first airs. <laughs> Leave us your ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to this fucking thing. Email me, me, at adam at adam at sank.com. Call and speak to us live on the ass hotline anytime. The number is 804-TALK-ASS. That's 804 804- 825-5277. Like the Facebook page, get your official ass merch at adamsank.com, get vaccinated and boosted if you haven't already done so. And here on the ass, we stand with Ukraine. So those of you that don't know, my name is Steve Cesaro, and today we're actually doing a version of Chatting with Chubby Chorizo. How exciting. <laughs> I would like to tease, or not tease, introduce my special co-host today. You know him as the ass, the ass to my wind, the small dick to my large dick. Ladies and gentlemen, Adam Sank. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hello? Hello? Hello, Adam, and welcome to the uh, to the Adam Sank Show. How are you doing today? Oh, thank you so much. Uh, Steve, who told you you had a large dick? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, I'd also like to introduce to uh, the Adam Sank Show is our producer, J.B. Bercy. Hello. <laughs> Hi, how are you doing? Yes. And Hello, I'm going to hand both. it back over to Adam. <laughs> Let, let's explain to the listeners what's happening. Uh, Steve and J.B. are the only two people in studio. I am actually home in my apartment quarantining with COVID for the second time. Which, by the way, oh. you can actually hit that sound on your board, Steve. There we go. Uh, you know, people keep saying to me, like, how is it possible that you have COVID for the second time? It's not that fucking unusual, you guys. It's been like two and a half years since this thing first emerged, and some people get it more than once. I'm happy to say this is a very mild case. Um, I would totally be there were it not for the contagion, because I feel 100% fine. Um, but I'm grateful to you two, and especially for Steve, for, uh, for taking over the, the host chair for the first time. How does it feel? You know, I think a few little stutterings and... Um feels good. I guess uh, stay home. <laughs> I will. Next time, practice my email address. Shut up, cunt! Uh, by the way, you forgot to mention that our guest today is uh, one of one of our favorite guests on the ass. She is celebrity impressionist Rachel Butera. We've had her on before. She's always a delight. So we'll be talking to her a little later in the hour. But first, uh, let's move into Gail's favorite segment, Recommended Viewing. I hate this segment. Who gives a fuck what anyone else is watching on TV? This shit sucks. 
Why don't you guys go first, and then I'll give mine, because I have a lot. Oh, God. You know, I'm going to have to go back to a recommendation that Adam uh, did a few weeks ago, which was The Way Down. Um, it is so fucked up. The hair is so crazy big. The stories are insane. And it's all losing weight, <laughs> excuse me, in the name of Jesus and money for the person that um, is helping people lose weight. It's really interesting and horrible and fascinating how, like, a religion is used for cult uh, and making money and, you know, all those horrible things. So if you haven't seen it, it is on HBO. The Way Down is what it's called. Um, yeah, it's fascinating. I agree. JB? Oh, okay, great. I'm glad you brought up HBO because I also have HBO. Hey, guys, we're going back to cartoons. Um, I've been watching <laughs> the... Because it's not a remake. It's, it's the Pop-Up Girls. It's not a remake. They just continued the story. And I've enjoyed it very, very much. Yeah. I'm really here for the Powerpuff Girls. Don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, is that it? Yeah, that's it. Totally, that's it. Uh, okay. So I guess this is HBO Max Day because I have three <laughs> oh <my> recommendations <laughs> from HBO Max. And I apologize to Gail in advance. Her head is probably exploding somewhere in Myrtle Beach right now. But, um, yes, uh, real quickly, season two of Hacks. I recommended season one last uh, year when it came out. What a wonderful show with Gene Smart as a Joan Rivers-type comedian kind of uh, uh, past her peak. And she gets joined by... A a younger writer who's very woke and kind of bisexual and uh, they they have all kinds of um, drama dealing with each other. It's a wonderful show and season two is even better than season one. Second recommendation is The Staircase. This is a, uh, a, a multi-episode series on HBO Max based on the multi-episode docu-series that was on Netflix. Um, if you haven't watched the Netflix version, which I also recommended way back when, first watch the HBO Max one and then maybe wait a few months and go and watch the documentary. They're very, they're almost exactly the same. They did a very faithful job recreating the facts, but what an incredible cast. Colin Firth as Michael Peterson, the novelist who may or may not have murdered his wife, uh, who was found at the bottom of a staircase, badly injured. Tony Collette as the wife, and Patrick Schwarzenegger, son of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Marie Shriver as their oldest son, and man, is he sexy as fuck. <laughs> Every time he comes on screen, I get moist. Mm. And finally... Two. And finally, a wonderful documentary, which uh, I certainly recommend for Steve, if nobody else. It's uh, Spring Awakening, Those You've Known. Oh. This is a reunion of the original Broadway cast of Spring Awakening, uh, which starred Jonathan Graff and Leah Michelle um, in their in their Broadway debuts. I don't know if it's going to mean so much to people who haven't seen the show or aren't familiar with the show, but I cried my fucking eyes out. And Jonathan Graff is such a tasty treat. You just every time he's on screen, I just melt. And Leah Michelle comes off as like not a cunt, huh? Which you know for her is a kind of surprising. Color me shock or black. Either one. <laughs> so yeah, those are my three recommendations. And um, speaking of Gail. Hi, Gail. Gail's birthday, her 70th birthday was very recently. We just missed being able to wish her a happy birthday on the air because I didn't know until it was too late. But May 22nd was her 70th birthday and she reached out to me and asked me to send her an Adam Sank Show This Is Fuckery t-shirt. Which... Aww. By the way, cost me money. 
It did. It's not like I have a stockpile of these, so don't anyone else ask me for this. But <laughs> Gail is special. Okay, Gail's truly our number one listener. She's contributed so much to this show, so I was happy to buy her the shirt. She then sent me a picture of herself wearing it, uh, which looked amazing. And, you know, I always wondered what Gail looked like. So if, like me, you were curious, you can go on the Adam Sank Show Facebook page. I posted it uh, about 10 days ago, but it's easy to find the picture. She looks fabulous. She's wearing the T-shirt. And uh, I wanted Gail to know that dozens and dozens of people wished her a happy birthday on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I mean, literally, we had over like 80 comments. And my favorite one was <laughs> from listener Jim Cullen, who commented, who gives a shit about Gail's birthday? I hate this fucking segment. <laughs> <laughs> this shit sucks. No, I'm just kidding. Love you, Gail. I don't know you, but you're great. <laughs> happy birthday, Mama Gail. We love you from the Adam Sink Show. Appreciate you. Keep on the fun. Yeah, happy, happy birthday, sweetheart. Um, okay, hold on. JB is texting me during the show. Oh, no, no, that's for later. Don't worry about that. Keep going. <laughs> this is, you know, just okay. background stuff. We also got a new review from a jumble of letters. <laughs> G-T-Y-F-H-I-I-H-E-R. Now, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what that stood for, and then I spoke to the person, because I know who it is, who left the review, and he said, oh, I didn't even mean to type that. So anyway... To me, review. it looks like get the fuck out of here. Is what it looks it, like. It does kind of look like get the fuck out. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Her. Uh huh. <laughs> Anyhow, it's a five-star review. The headline is a podcast for all gays, old and young. Adam should be sitting next to the ladies on the View. I love this podcast. A must-listen for all gays. So thank you. Whatever your name is. Uh, for that review. We also received a, a listener email about fisting, which I forgot to type out, which I forgot to print out. I mean, let me see if I can find it. That sounds more like jerking off. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of got the little... Okay, so I guess... I guess on a recent episode, we were talking about fisting. This may have been with Jack McEnroth and Dolph Dietrich uh, when Drew Lausch was co-hosting. Yes. And I think we were saying, I was saying how I have no interest in fisting. It doesn't appeal to me. I don't want to do it. I don't want to have it get done to me. And uh, Dolph was agreeing. And listener Paul wrote in, Adam, dude, regarding the May 14th episode, you are totally missing the pleasure of fisting. It is not about violence or pain, man. Don't knock it for those who love it, Paul. Aww. So, uh, rest assured, I do not mean to yuck anybody's yum. If you're into fisting, uh, fist away. Just do so responsibly and, uh, you know, don't perforate anyone's colon. And if you love it, then love it all you want. I'm just speaking for myself, bitch. <laughs> I used to date this guy. Uh, his name was Dylan, and he loved it. And to me, it was sort of like a science experiment to see, like, how big I can get his butthole. It wasn't, like, sexual for me, but it was fascinating. So, um, and then I do have another really close friend of mine, um, and he has now taken to posting all of his fisting videos on Twitter. And oh, my. His, you know... I've never seen a butthole sort of explode out of its butthole. 
that makes sense. That's but it's, double rosebud. It's a it's yeah. It's, okay. it's like a whole rose bush. It's really <laughs> disgusting and fascinating at the same time. Yeah, when it ends up looking like roast beef, I'm just not. I, I mean, again, I'm not judging anyone. If that's how you want to live, go for it. But I I want my butthole to be nice and clean and tight and pristine. I don't want it to be loose and floppy. Exactly. I am a lady. Like the only time I it should be loose is if I'm getting old. I do want a pink exactly. butthole, though. My butthole is not pink, and I want a pink one. You know what, Steve? I was just thinking the same thing about mine. I think we have to go together and get bleached. You know, didn't we have, like, a challenge to try and figure out someone that was going to come and do live bleaching on the air? <laughs> yeah, we should, we should do that. They did it on the Howard Stern Show. I'm sure we could do it on the, uh, on the ass, I mean, and I think it would make for, for sweeps month. We got to try. Who do we call? Ghostbusters? <laughs> Between you and me, I'm sure we know a lot of ass bleachers in the city. We'll, we'll make it happen. We gotta make it happen. Anyway, let's start with the news. Um, and Kevin Spacey is back in the news for all the wrong reasons. Uh, he has now been charged with four counts of sexual assault and one count of, quote, causing a person to engage in penetrative sexual activity without consent, which to me sounds a lot like rape. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is in uh, the United Kingdom. I guess that's their technical or their legal term for this. But the 62-year-old Spacey um, has been uh, charged uh, with these four counts among uh, three different men. So it's three guys, four charges of sexual assault. Um, these are the first criminal charges ever brought against him. In the past, it's always been civil suits. And these charges stem from Spacey's time when he worked at the Old Vic Theater in London. He served as the artistic director there from 2004 to 2015. Following a cascade of sexual assault allegations against the actor, uh, the theater undertook an internal investigation, <laughs> according to the BBC. <laughs> that's British Broadcasting Company, not Big Black Cog. Uh, and that resulted in 20 victims coming forward to, claiming, to claim that, he had, that Spacey had behaved inappropriately toward them. Um, Spacey, as you know, is still facing uh, a sexual abuse lawsuit by actor Anthony Rapp, stemming from an incident when Rapp was 14 back in the 80s. Um, and Rapp has a co-claimant, an anonymous person known only as CD, who also claimed that Spacey abused him as a teenager. So he's in deep, deep shit, and he is never going to act again, as far as I'm concerned. It's so funny that I keep thinking it's over. Like, I'm kind of annoyed at this point. Like, God, like, how many shitty things did you have to do, which apparently a lot, and then we just keep, I mean, I, you know, it's good stories, but I'm like, ugh. Like, I'm just over it. <laughs> Is that, does that make sense? <laughs> Are you saying you wish the victims would just shut up? No, 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 no. I'm saying no, Kevin. No, saying he wishes Kevin would just go to jail and everyone would shut up about him. Exactly. Like, she wants this to be done. Yeah. She's tired of him. There's other things out there that's happening. People are getting shot. Exactly. We have, we have bigger things to worry about. Well, people are getting shot, but we don't generally talk about those kinds of things on this show. <laughs> we try to keep it gay yeah, as much as possible. And homosexual. And you know, the, 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 one of the tragedies of this, and there's many tragedies involved with the Kevin Spacey, but the, the, one of the tragedies is that he, had he not been a predator, he would have been the most successful openly gay actor of all time. Like, this is an Academy Award winner. This is yeah. someone who's a commercial success, a critical success. Um, and the only reason he fucking came out is because he was accused of sexual assault. 
imagine what his life would have been like if he had come out as a young man and been okay with himself. And I mean, who knows? I'm not saying one has to do with the other, but perhaps he would have been um, uh, more socially adjusted to the point where he wouldn't feel the need to to overpower other people to get his sexual needs met. Uh, in any case, he's a douche. Yeah. And um, it looks like he's going to go to prison in the UK. I mean, who knows? He's innocent until proven guilty, but uh, the evidence is pretty overwhelming. Yeah. When was it acceptable for a for male actors to come out as gay and not be, you know, have any parts taken away from them or be considered? Or is I it still a thing? I think Neil Patrick Harris was really the um, the turning point. You know, you had you had out gay actors like Rupert Everett and Ian McClellan, but they weren't as nearly as well known um, at the time that they came out as Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris waited until he was like a a huge success. I mean, yeah. he had starred in How I Met Your Mother and was starring in that show at the time he came out and playing a womanizer on that show. So I think once that happened um, and, and he didn't lose his job and the show stayed every bit as successful, I think people were like, okay, I can come out too. Yeah. It's uh, in uh, Joel Gray's book. He talks about it, so I'm not speaking on a turn. But it was something where he was like, oh, no, you know, I had boyfriends. I was married to, you know, my wife, Joe, and I had kids, but I could never talk about it. We, you know, everyone who he was dating as, you know, and his gay relationships knew that outing him would out them would then mean no work, and they would all get shunned by the business. And it's like this whole fascinating culture. We may have talked about it before. It was in um, Hamptons. The Hamptons, I guess, still has this culture where women are married to gay men, they both know what's going on, and they just allow it to keep their happy lives going in the Hamptons and uh, New York City. Have you heard about this? No. It's like this whole underground thing. I'm going to see if I can do some research so maybe we can have a little story about it. But essentially is, you know, the women know that they're married to gay men, gay, the, the husbands know that their wives know, and they live their lives separately and together um, under this agreement so that they can be socially accepted in this very conservative circle. So much work. It's so much fucking work. It's so much easier to just be yourself. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, speaking of disgusting perverts, former reality TV star Josh Duggar has been sentenced to 12 and a half years in prison uh, after being convicted of receiving child pornography. Wow. Duggar's part of that huge Arkansas family that were featured on TLC's 19 Kids and Counting. They're all like right-wing Christian conservatives and Trump supporters. Um, you know, at one time, Duggar worked for the Family Research Council. He was the executive director until he resigned in 2015 over these charges. The Family Research Council is a lobbying group that basically exists solely to work against the rights of LGBTQ people and women. The Duggar family has also been actively involved in campaigns working to prohibit trans people from using the correct bathrooms. They claim that trans people are really sexual predators who would endanger the safety of young children. How ironic that this piece of shit was soliciting and receiving child pornography for kids as young as four years old. What? Oh, wow. Jeez. Do they start investigating the kid, like his own kids, to see if this had happened? I mean, 19. Well, kids, what happened? You know, what sorry. happened was this all started when two of his sisters 
came forward and said that they had been molested by him when they were children and he was like an older teenager. And that started like a, a series of investigations that ultimately led investigators to find all this child porn on his computer. Wow. Disgusting. So fuck you, Josh Duggar. Bye, shithead. Have fun in prison. Oh, shit, my bell's not working. Thank you, Steve. You're welcome. <laughs> I've got a virtual bell here at home. Steve's got the real one at the studio. <laughs> Meanwhile, speaking of people who are disgraced, uh, Jesse Smollett is making something of a comeback. We called this several months ago. We knew it was going to happen, and it's happening. Well, except he's not acting in this project. He is directing a BET movie, um, which he also wrote. It's called B-Boy Blues. It will debut. It will debut on um, BET on June 9th, just in time for Pride Month. Yay! We're so proud of Jesse. Um, Good for uh, Let's see. This is the first project for Smollett since he was found guilty of making false reports about what he alleged to be a hate crime. Um, he was sentenced at that time to um, 30 months of felony probation, which included 150 days in jail. I think that's already been served. Um, B-Boy Blues is the film adaptation of James Earl Hardy's novel. It stars Timothy Richardson, Ladisi, Brandy Evans, Heather B. from The Real World, I love her, Marquise Wilson, Jabari Red, and Broderick, uh, Broderick Hunter and Thomas Mackey. Apparently it's an LGBTQ film. It debuted last year at the uh, 2021 American Black Film Festival where it won the Narrative Feature Fan Favorite Award. I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, he he paid his due. I mean, you know, he, he served his sentence. Uh, I wish he would acknowledge that it was a hoax and apologize. I think he continues to do damage to actual uh, hate crime victims by not coming clean. But, I, I, you know, I, I'm of the mind that people deserve to work again. I, he, he, you know, he has the right to earn a living. What do you guys think? Uh, you know, it, it's just... He wouldn't be given these opportunities if he wasn't if he hadn't crawled so high because of what he had done, in my opinion. And um, I just feel like if if he hadn't done anything, would he have been given a BET movie? Maybe. Would people know who he is as much as they do now? Probably not. Um, so I just think he, he's come up in fame because of the trial and because of what he did. And now he's reaping the benefits, which is sort of what he wanted in the first place anyway. He just wanted to make his star rise a little bit more. And it happened, whether negative or positive, he's getting work from it. I think. You think he actually got this project because of the, the notoriety? I think the project would have probably happened. Would, it, would have people wanted to watch it or know who he was or be intrigued by the person that's coming back if it wasn't for what he did? I don't think so. I think it helped this movie had a little bit more notoriety because they knew who he was and they were curious. Okay. What do you think, JB? How do you feel about Jesse working again? I with that point if the movie was about the story, but it's not. Mm. It's not about a story. It's not. It has nothing to do with it. This is about a totally. This is about a totally different story, which none of us has no idea because we didn't go to that film festival and watch it. So you know, I hear what you're saying, but I have to disagree just a little bit because I feel like he was already famous through. Uh, Guys, Empire. Empire, yeah. He was already, he already had a steady career. This just hurt it. And now he's trying to build himself. I don't know. Says, Adam, I agree with you. Like, people, if, again, you pay your dues, you can work. As long as you're not, like, a dick, like, or, or racist or killing people. That's fine with me. 
just you know, don't do it again. I mean, I think he is. A, I think he is a dick, I but I don't think he's. I don't think he's killing anyone. Um, <laughs> like he's he's not he's not going out there stopping people's rights or doing right. you know those dickish things. Those those dicks. Those is just I'm talking about. Well, and also something about the fact that he's not in the movie makes me feel better about it. Like yeah. he's behind the scenes, and like I said, I don't I don't think someone because they do something bad should never get to work again. Like depending on what it is, I mean, I Josh Duggar should <laughs> Josh Duggar should never work again. Kevin Spacey should never work again. Um, but uh, I don't know. I'm not gonna watch it, but. Uh, you know, or maybe I will watch it. Maybe it'll be recommended viewing. Who knows? I, I think we should all give it a chance for, to, uh, to support the new actors. Just I agree. And to watch Thank the you, story. JB. Like, it's another good right. story. Like, fuck, You're right. Fuck, fuck Jesse. Like, uh, yes, he's directed it, but fuck him. Let's support the new, the new story, the new ages, see what, see what gives. I, I agree. And you know what? It's cool that BET is doing, like, a Pride movie. Yeah. So... All right. Well, in the continuation of Bad Men, which is the theme of today's show, <laughs> as Adam goes, we only talk about happy gay things here. Let's talk about the saddest, most annoying I mean, homosexuals. <laughs> so many shitty, shitty men this past couple weeks that I had to do the stories. Um, Ricky Gervais, British comedian who's known for being like an insult comic and being very um, edgy, he is out with a new Netflix special. And the special has been met with outrage and criticism because like Dave Chappelle before him, Ricky uses the special as an opportunity to bash trans people. Um, take a listen to one of his jokes. Oh, women. Uh, not all women. I, I mean the old-fashioned ones. You know, the old-fashioned women. Oh, God. You know, the ones with wombs. Oh. <laughs> Those fucking dinosaurs. Oh. No, I love the, the new women. I know the new women. They're great, aren't they? The, you know, the new ones we've been seeing lately. The, the ones with beards and cocks. They're as good as... They're as good as gold. I love them. No, it's the old-fashioned women. And now the old-fashioned... They go, oh, they want to use our toilets. Why shouldn't they use your toilets? For ladies. They are ladies. Look at their pronouns. <laughs> what about this person that isn't a lady? Well, his penis. Her penis, you fucking bigot. <laughs> what if he rapes me? What if she rapes you? <laughs> you fucking turf whore. <laughs> <laughs> Are you laughing, Steve? Uh, he, was, first of all, we were both laughing. Honestly, <laughs> we, we gave the look like we, we just agreed that we we enjoy homophobia, <laughs> racist humor, and like honestly, I like it was good until he said the rape joke, and then I felt like I was pushing it. But <laughs> I'm, I'm I genuinely go ahead, Steve. I'm actually I was curious to you, Adam Sink, as a comedian. It's. I hate to say that it's funny, but it's funny, and I apologize for saying that it's funny. But it, it's funny, and I don't—I sh I know I shouldn't en enjoy it. I'm gonna laugh and then feel bad about myself afterwards for enjoying it. But there's comedy there, so that's I'm just kind of like I don't, I'm, I don't know. Let me say this: first of all, Ricky Gervais. I mean, the reason you're laughing is because he's a brilliant comedian. 
He's very funny. He knows how to deliver a joke. He, Ricky Gervais has one of my favorite all-time stand-up bits. He does a bit about Humpty Dumpty. He just takes the Humpty Dumpty nursery rhyme, which is only like six lines, you know, it's very short, and he does like 20 minutes of material on it. It's one of the funniest things ever. It's brilliant. It's sharp. The reason why I'm offended by Ricky Gervais when he makes this kind of joke or when Dave Chappelle does his anti-trans stuff, yes, I'm offended because it's hurtful and harmful to trans people and especially trans women who are vulnerable more than any other group in society to being attacked, abused, murdered. Uh, I mean, it literally happens every single day. So I'm offended on a political level, but as a comedian, I'm offended because it's so fucking lazy. Hmm. It's so lazy. Making fun of trans women based on their genitals, that's not, that's not new. That's not innovative. That's not clever. Those jokes have been around for at least 100 years. You know, I mean, if you watch the documentary Disclosure, which is all about trans uh, representation in media, as far back as silent films, there were jokes about trans people. There were jokes about people when, when you think the person's a woman and then someone pulls their wig off and you realize it's a man and everyone's laughing hysterically. It's There's nothing new about making uh, gender... Um, non-normative gender the butt of the joke. So to me, I just feel like they can do better. They don't need this. They're appealing to the lowest common denominator. And yes, people will laugh. Even you guys laughed. As offended as, as you may have been politically, you still found something funny in it. But it's so easy to do. It's like making, it's like making jokes about how homeless people smell. Hmm. You know, sometimes homeless people do smell because they can't, they don't have access to showers. There's nothing clever about making a joke about that. It's just a sad fact of life. And also this, this refusal to acknowledge that gender is not based on genitals. Like, don't we know that by now? Aren't we, aren't Ricky Gervais and Dave Chappelle sophisticated enough and educated enough to know that there are women with penises, there are men with vaginas, that's not what makes somebody a man or a woman? Like, are we really still there? You know, I, I had something to say and then now I feel bad, so I don't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> no, be, be honest. No, I don't remember what I was going to say. I was going to say, I think it's, it's sort of the... No, I'm going to offend somebody. I don't want to offend somebody on the air and, and get hate mail, so I'm just going to keep it to myself. But um, I do agree with you that about, you know, we, there needs to be some sort of level of respect and, and there is an issue about access and about how uh, it's difficult for trans people just to walk around in their daily lives and not be afraid literally for their lives or what people are going to think or say or feel or do to them physically. So I understand that part. I almost feel like he's commenting on, on the sort of, you know, like, when there's hot button topics or things in the moment where we're so saturated by it, I almost feel like he's commenting on the saturation, not necessarily on the danger that trans people live every life. He's making fun of wokeness, right? And so is Chappelle. They're both, the, the, the putative target is wokeness and, and cancel culture and political correctness. But in, in attacking that, they're actually still attacking trans women. And, and in making his joke, as you guys just heard, he is repeating the trope that trans women 
going into bathrooms to pee are actually cis men in disguise waiting to rape a woman. And yeah. there's not only is that completely false, there isn't a single case of that ever happening. Literally not zero. It's never happened. Yeah. But but it's also it's so harmful. It's it's the most harmful stereotype you can have. Trans women they just want to pee. And in a women's bathroom, people use stalls. So what the fuck difference does it make whether you have a penis or a vagina or whether you're trans or cis? You're all doing the same thing in that stall. Yeah. No one is at risk of being hurt. It's it's just so gross. Anyway, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I'm sad. Um, all of my favorite comedians are turning out to be horrible men. Louis C.K., Dave Chappelle, uh, Ricky Gervais. I mean, I really admired all three of them so much. And I just think, you know, Louis, it's not about his material. It's about pulling out his dick in front of all these women. But um, it's just... Do better, guys. Come on. Especially when you're famous. When you're famous and you have a huge audience, you have a certain responsibility to behave properly and to choose your material carefully. And he knew what he was doing. And Netflix needs to stop airing this shit. That's fair. In my opinion. Yeah. Finally, last story before we talk to our fabulous guest. Um, and uh, this is a story about a woman. And it's a story about a good woman. So we're, we're breaking our... <laughs> We're breaking our streak of bad men stories. Stick it in. Here That's what I, I meant am. to do. Thank you, Romaine. <laughs> Strange choice of drops there. But <laughs> I okay. meant to do the applause that we're talking about at women and That's happiness. <laughs> so Mattel has released an official Barbie doll in the likeness of Laverne Cox. Yay. This is part of their tribute collection, and it features uh, the the Laverne Barbie features a red leather bodice that flows into a light tulle gown, all covering a silver bodysuit. The doll is the first of its kind to be modeled after a trans woman, um, which is really kind of amazing, and it celebrates Cox's accomplishments as a trailblazer. Now, I will say, to me, it looks exactly like regular Barbie, just a little darker. <laughs> Wait, I, I <laughs> they didn't really. It doesn't really look too much like Laverne Cox to me, but um, it's a lovely idea. Cox revealed in a recent interview that the doll's release is a full circle moment of her because she wasn't allowed to play with Barbies as a child because of her assigned sex. She said, "Quote: I begged my mother for a Barbie doll." And she said, "No, because I was assigned male at birth. When I was in my 30s, I was in therapy." And telling my therapist that I was denied the opportunity to play with Barbie dolls. And my therapist said, it's never too late to have a happy childhood. You should go do uh, for your, what you should do for your inner child is go out and buy yourself a Barbie doll. And now she is a Barbie doll. Nice. Um, you know, I'm looking at the photo. I disagree with you, Adam. There's a side-by-side -side of, of her with the uh, Barbie doll. She kind of looks like a Barbie doll in real life if you see it together. It's that's true. Yeah. Are you I'm looking also at Also looking at the same picture, I have to agree with Adam like there's slight difference cuz it still kind of looks like Barbie just by itself. Yeah. It only looks like her when she has the Barbie. I I don't know. I don't know why. I yeah, I think it looks a little I think it looks a little like original recipe Barbie in blackface. Yeah. But I'm sure the intent was good. Yes. <laughs> like it totally the, and the side by side looks great. Like if you have And also no, Barbie doesn't look like a real woman anyway. No. <laughs> you know, there's no woman that looks like Barbie. On that note, 
Is our guest ready, JB? Oh, yes. She is raring to go. Fabulous. Our guest today is master impressionist Rachel Butera, who is well known to fans of The Howard Stern Show from her multiple appearances. She's also appeared on America's Got Talent and done voices for Rocky and Bullwinkle, Family Guy, American Dad, and yes, JB, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, among other animated series. But before we talk to her, I understand we have a surprise call from the iconic writer and media personality Fran Lebowitz. Welcome, Ms. Lebowitz. Good morning. Fran. Hello? 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 Good morning. Fran, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Fran, what do you tell people when they ask you how to describe New York City? What do I tell people when I ask them to describe New York City? I say it's like Sodom and Gomorrah, but with unattainable real estate. <laughs> that's, that's a very apt description. You're known for your wit. Fran, you've had yes. writer's block for the past 30 years. When will we finally see a new book from you? Do you know how people tell you to make vision boards? Do you know about that? Yeah. Vision boards? Yes. I want you to make a mental picture in your mind, okay, of a new book from me, and then stick it somewhere. That's how you can see a new book from me. Call <laughs> <laughs> the vision for Well done. Okay. Now, Ms. Leibowitz, I understand you're in the same room as Whoopi Goldberg. Would you mind putting her on the phone? Oh, sure. She just happens to be uh, tearing through my Greek ancient literature book. Hang on, let me see if I can get her. Excuse me, Miss Whoopi. Yeah, what? Hi. Hey. Hello? Hi. Hey, Whoopi. Welcome to the Adam Sank Show. Oh, oh Adam Sank. Oh, I know you. <laughs> What's up? How you doing? Uh, not much. Whoopi, you uh, got into some trouble recently after claiming that racism didn't play a part in the Holocaust. Do you want to clarify your feelings about that now? Oh, race, racism? No, I said gayism. Gayism played no part in the Holocaust. That's what I, they misunderstood me. See, that's what they do. There was no gayism. No gayism. No gayism. All right. Well, thanks for clearing that up. What's it like doing the View now that Meghan McCain is gone? You know that moment when your drug of choice gets you just right and you're like in a euphoric moment of floating out of your body? It's like I that. do know that feeling. So you're yeah, saying you're, like you're, in, you're enjoying the, the absence of Meghan McCain? I'm, I'm enjoying it very much, yes. I think we all feel that way. Now, this is weird, but I'm getting a note that the ghost of Joan Rivers is uh, with you as well. Joan, are you there? Yeah. Ever since I played Otome Brown in that ghost movie, the spirit world just comes to me. Let me get him. Joan! <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello! Hello, my Joan! Hello! Joan, is that you? Yes, honey, how are you? I bet you're looking fabulous today. Oh, you're looking fabulous, especially for a woman who's been dead for 15 years. Jo Joan, uh, <laughs> you know... You always made fun of the royal family when you were alive. Uh, how do you feel about the fact that the queen just celebrated 70 years on the throne? Ah, 70 years on the throne. Her asshole must be the size of a manhole cover. She's <laughs> 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 the entire time. What? Say that again? Do you think she's been pooping the entire 70 years? <laughs> 
Absolutely. Using a tushy toilet, no doubt. Uh, how do you feel Camilla looks these days? Oh, she looks fabulous. It's absolutely fabulous. I, I can't criticize the fashion of the royal family. That is always top-notch. Yeah, they're looking good these days. I'm wondering if uh, if you've watched the TV show Hacks, because many people feel the character Deborah is based on you. Oh, please. Can we talk? I would never have tolerated an unfashionable little twerp like that young girl. But also, I was much funnier than that smart, that witch. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You always looked fabulous. Okay, now let's talk to the real woman behind all those voices, the one and only Rachel Butera. Oh, who's that? Man, when you guys hit that applause, it like blows my eardrums away. Rachel, how are you? Can you hear me? I'm good. I hear you. How are you, my little Sankey? I'm good. We're holding this show together with scotch tape and, and safety pins today because I'm at home with the COVID, as you know. I can't believe you have the COVID. First time? Second time. First time, long time? I'm a fucking whore, so, you know, I basically catch everything at least twice. Um, <laughs> yeah. I figured that was the case. But thank you for getting up early. I know you're uh, out in Los Angeles. Um, we've mm -hmm. had you on before. And we've told listeners the story of how we first met after I heard you doing impressions on the Howard Stern show. Um, how involved are you with uh, with that show these days? How often do you call in? Um, I would say once in a while, a couple times a year. It's pretty sporadic at this point, but you can hear me here and there. So do, you, do they pay you, or is that too personal a question to ask? Um, excuse me, we don't talk about money. <laughs> I work, I work, I work sometimes for the show. Let's just say that. I sometimes work for the show. Yeah, I always wonder about that because there are certain regulars that, you know, are very entertaining on the show. You're obviously my favorite one. Um, you know, you're a woman, I'm a gay guy. Neither of us is what most people would consider typical Howard fans. Um, but I've been a Stern fan since I was 14. He's basically, I, I base everything we do on this podcast on that show. Um, what do you say mm -hmm. when people ask you why you love Howard? Well, I mean, I loved him long before he gave me a career. I just thought he was really smart and funny and had great insights on uh, culture and politics. I, I mean, honestly, at this point, I could listen to him talk politics, just, you know. Um, and he's not, he's not, you know, he's not, he's playing a character. He's not like that in real life. He's a great guy. And people who don't listen to the show just don't, they don't know. And I can't, I can't handle them criticizing it, not knowing what he's really like. Yeah, I, I'm the same. My mother hates him, having never listened to him. And uh, yeah, my at, one, at one point during the whole Me Too movement, she said something like, oh, and, the, you know, of course, he's had affairs with all those women. And I said, no, that's <laughs> false. He was married for they 25 years. And now he's been with his second wife for 25 years. He's germ-phobic. He's the only male celebrity of his stature to not be accused by anyone of misbehavior right. during the Me Too movement. He loves women. But right. she well, just... Well, that happens. Uh, so I thought it was ironic that he's not being accused of anything. And everybody, you know, made him out to be such a bad guy all those years. 
And I get it. I mean, he had, for years, he had strippers and porn stars on, and he was very objectifying in the way he talked about women's bodies. But I think what people miss about Howard is that it's satire. Everything he does is satire. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And also, he's evolved so much. Oh, totally. The show is so different now. So how is your voiceover career going these days? I feel like you're always like either doing a million things or bitching about the fact that you have nothing going on. Yeah, well, that's afterlife, you know. It's feast or famine. Right now it's good. I'm doing a couple video games that, of course, I can't talk about because they keep those things secret. And um, a couple of cartoons and stuff. So, you know, right now it's, it's okay. It's like it, it comes and goes. That's what it is. And how are you, like, how's life in L.A. these days? I know that you had a tough time adjusting at first. Do you like living there now? I mean, I love L.A. I love the weather. I love the culture. I love that it's just, like, no one's ever working and everyone's in flip-flops and tank tops constantly. I love that. But I do miss home. I am homesick for the East Coast quite often. And uh, before COVID, I was going back, like, four times a year. But... You know, now with, like, airline prices, what they are, and COVID, what it is, it's just I'm kind of, like, I'm getting a little antsy to go home. When you get asked to do uh, voiceover work, either either for an animated series or for a video game, how often are you going into a studio versus just doing it from your home? Now it's, like, 90% at home, maybe even 95% at home. How great is that? Which I hate. No, I hate it. I, I want to go into a studio. I want to go into a professional studio. I like the feeling. I like talking to people, seeing people. I like driving over to Burbank. I don't want to be sitting in my dark box, home alone, doing it myself. No, I don't like it. I think there are a lot of men who would like to sit in your dark box. <laughs> uh, where are they? Bring them on, honey. <laughs> By the way, we should tell any straight men listening that if you send your dick pics to Rachel unsolicited, she will forward them immediately to me. Yes, they go immediately to Adam. I don't. I used to get tons. I don't really get them anymore. Uh, but when I do get them, he gets them too. Have you ever gotten one where it really was a beautiful dick, and you wrote back to the guy and said, like, okay, let's meet? No, never, never, never. And is that because none of the dicks were beautiful or just because it does nothing for you if a guy has a nice dick? No, some of them were nice, but I'm, I'm not going to meet some strange guy and talk uh, him because he's got a picture of a nice dick. No way, I would never do that. I'm not you, Adam. I mean, that's <laughs> I've, like, married guys for that. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, Steve no, and JB, no. like, how many how many times have you met someone based solely on a dick pic? Uh, like, in my lifetime or just today? <laughs> in your lifetime. Okay, well, just today, three. In my lifetime, hundreds. Good for you. But, I mean, look at the dick for a second. The face you have to look at the whole time. Well, I mean, I don't want them to look like Quasimodo, but, um, you know, the, the nice dick will at least get me to reply. It's at least getting me on the hook. Um, how is your love wow. life these days? Are, are you dating anyone? Are you getting any? 
No, it's completely dead. I mean, I did go on a date last week that was kind of okay, but I think it's going to be a very casual thing. I don't think it's going to be like a, you know, a thing thing, which is fine. I find once you get past 40, it's, or in my case, 50, uh, it's easy to have sex, but hard to actually date or form a relationship. Do you find that to be true? Yeah, I had lots of fun of uh, fooling around in my 40s, but I couldn't I couldn't seem to nail down a relationship, and now it's, like, completely impossible. It sucks, right? It's. I think it's even worse for women because uh, most straight Horrible. guys your age are probably looking for, like, some 25-year-old bimbo. Well, yeah, because, like, now I'm... So in my 40s, I was, like, just old enough that hot 20-somethings like me, but now I'm too old for them to like me, and I'm too also too old for older guys to like me. So I'm in, like, no man's lap. That sucks. Well, I think you're gorgeous and have great breasts and are so talented, so I think uh, I think you should get out there I, I, and respond to some of those dick pics. Thank you. I'm not going to do that, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, one of my favorite impressions that you do is uh, Jane Fonda. Uh, you're the only person I know that does a Jane Fonda impression. And um, so in preparation for this segment, I sent you my favorite Jane Fonda clip ever, which is from the HBO show The Newsroom, starring Jeff Daniels. Not a lot of people saw the show, but I loved it. And she played Leona, um, the head of a of a CNN type network, and there's this uh, famous scene where <clears throat> her uh, news director and her main anchor and main producer are all resigning after a scandal, and she is telling them not to. So I've asked if you would uh, if you would do that scene for us. I don't. I can't memorize that scene, and no, I don't know it. I mean, I have to pull it up and I can repeat it, but I don't know it, Adam. <laughs> you had it in front of you. I thought you were all ready. She's just right, like you should it. look. You should want to look like Daniel Craig. You should want to look like Daniel Craig. Something like that. Yes, exactly. Is it, is it right, give me any Craig? kind of Fonda. I want to fuck Daniel Craig. He's so hot. Coming out of that water. Oh, my God. James Bond. I'm watching Skyfall. Masturbating. Yes. Now, Jane, didn't you once perform in the vagina monologues? Yes, I did perform in the vagina monologues because my vagina speaks. My vagina is Hollywood royalty, damn it. This has a lot to say. And didn't you perform a, a monologue called My Cunt? My cunt is the most amazing thing on planet Earth. Why do you think I was married so many times? My cunt is awesome. <laughs> Such a great impression. It's exactly right. It's exactly like her, right, you guys? Have you ever heard anyone do Jane Fonda? Not, not since Rachel. Rachel's the only person I know who does a great Jane Fonda. Have you been working on any new, <laughs> any new impressions? I've been doing Jennifer Coolidge lately because she's really fun and I think it's kind of good. But you might need the visuals of the titties and the blonde hair to appreciate it. I love that. Who else? 
Um, who else is new? New? Really, really, it's the Friendly Boys. It's like the new one that everybody really likes. I don't understand why I haven't been doing her all my life. I should have been doing this impression since day one, and uh, maybe more people would know it. I love watching you do the Franly Boots impression because you do this thing with your tongue that she does. Like after she makes a, yeah. a really pit, pithy point, her tongue kind of goes to the corner of her mouth and stays there. <laughs> yeah. She does. Everything she says, she kind of like, she half smiles and sticks the tongue on the side of her mouth. Okay. Like that. <laughs> you can't see it, but it's like that. Does it help you when you're doing a voice to, to picture the person's face and try to make your face the same? Yeah, I always try to make my face like their face. No, I have to do it. Yeah, me too. Not that I yep. do good impressions, but, but when I do them, like if I do my Harvey Firestein, I, I try to picture Harvey's face and body as I'm doing it. Uh, yeah, totally. That's by, all part of it. By the way, Harvey and Whoopi are both uh, impressions where you really have to dig deep into your throat. Does it hurt your voice to do Whoopi? It does hurt to do whoopee for extended periods of time, yes. It didn't used to, but now it does. I don't know how she talks. I don't know how either of them talk like that. It's, hey, how you doing? Like, it's really down there. Well, they probably have some, like, things going on with their vocal cords that just make it sound that way, but for people like you and me to get it that way, it's probably damaging. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, in the time remaining, Rachel, we're going to play everyone's favorite game, Ask Me No Questions. Hey, hey JB. Ask Me No Questions. Yeah. Now, normally, this is when we ask the guest, uh, you know, embarrassing and sexual questions about themselves, but we're going to ask you to answer each of these as a different celebrity voice. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, Sandra Bernhard, what's the sexiest part of a woman's yeah. body? Oh, sweetie, um, titties? No, no, fuck titties. It's the brains, sweetie. It's <laughs> so perfect. Brains, sweetie, brains. I love her. Um, Cher. Cher, are you there? Yeah. yeah. What is your favorite... <laughs> Cher, what is your favorite dish to cook? Um... I don't know what that is. What what is cooking? I don't I don't do that. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Cause you're sure, bitch. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm sure, bitch. I, I don't I don't do that. I don't I don't know what that is. You also don't eat, so it's probably food is probably a foreign concept. Yeah, yeah. What is eating? I don't I don't do that. <laughs> uh, Sharon Osborne, are you there? Hello, honey. <laughs> Sharon, hello. What's the best advice your mother ever gave you? Um, the best advice my mother ever gave me was don't swallow. <laughs> don't swallow. <laughs> don't swallow. That's, in that's interesting because my mother gave me the opposite advice. <laughs> I believe it. Uh, Sharon, what's your relationship with Ozzy these days? What do you mean? He's my husband. I love him. We're married like always. What's my relationship with Ozzy? What's wrong with you? Well, I know you had had some difficulties. There was talk of divorce, no, but I guess you... No, 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 Don't believe the bullshit. We're married. We're in love. Everything's perfect. 
God, that's such a good Sharon Osbourne. Uh, okay, uh, time to talk to Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie, are you there? Hi, how are you? Good morning. <laughs> Adam, I miss you. <laughs> I miss you too, Rosie. Rosie, if you had to fuck one male celebrity, who would it be? Robbie Benson. Robbie Benson. Oh, Ro he seems so gentle and delicate, it would be like being with a woman. Robbie Benson. He's the man. That's a name most people don't even remember. That uh, Robbie Benson was a big star in the 80s. He was in Ice Castles and The Chosen. Oh, he was gorgeous with the blue eyes and the dark, thick hair. So beautiful. He's a cutie patootie. He's actually a Facebook friend of mine. Oh, my oh. God, he is? I want to know him. Introduce me. I love <laughs> Robbie Benson. <laughs> I will. Uh, okay, I want to talk to uh, comedian Amy Schumer. Amy, you and I worked together back in the day. Why haven't you ever done my podcast? Um, because I'm busy doing amazing things like giving birth, filming myself throwing up, and making an awesome show called Life and Death, and you're... you, Adam. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Amy, how was yeah, uh, how was what? Sorry, sorry. How is motherhood treating you these days? Um, it's amazing, but like I am so exhausted. Like I can't even. Like most days, I just look at myself in the mirror and spit at my face because I just it's impossible to look good with a kid, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, all right, and let's uh, let's wrap things up with uh, someone we haven't heard from in a very long time, and that's Roseanne Barr, uh, who's been in hiding ever since. <laughs> ever since she was fired from from her own show. Roseanne, do you have any message for the LGBTQ community now that it's uh, Pride Month? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, don't tweet nothing you'll regret. <laughs> like some bad cock you're saying like don't say nothing you can get you know in trouble for nothing like that <laughs> Marzane you seem awfully happy for someone who's uh, been out of the public eye for so long well you know I'm just sitting on my macadamia nut farm having fun watching y'all get in trouble next <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rosanna, are we going to see you return to television anytime soon? <laughs> Roseanne, hello? Oh my god. Wow, you are really enjoying yourself on that macadamia farm. All right, uh, I want to thank uh, Roseanne Barr and all of the celebrities that uh, we've spoken to today, and most of all, Rachel Butera. Thank you. Seriously, Steve, JB, who's a better impressionist than Rachel Butera? She's the best. No one. I, I don't think there's anybody. Yeah. I felt like I had a conversation uh, with all those people. They were here. I can now go home and say, I have met 17 celebrities today in, in an hour. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You're always one of my favorites, Rachel. How can people follow you online and keep up with your appearances and projects? I am on Instagram at Real Rachel Butera, and that's really it. That's uh, the only social I'm doing these days. You got a nice website too. Oh yeah, 
I do have a website, rachelbutera.com. You can hear all, like, actually, I need to add some impressions to that, but you can hear almost all my impressions on there, too, rachelbutera.com. Yeah, I had fun um, going through all of them and listening to, to all the great voices that you do. Um, I love you. I wish you a, a wonderful man with a beautiful penis sometime in the next Thank year. Thank and, uh, and lots of And lots of work. Thank you so much. I love you, too. Thank you for having me on. Always. Talk to you soon, babe. Okay. All right. Bye. Stephen JB, please plug yourselves. I am Cub Mexi on Instagram and Steve Cesaro Medina on Facebook. I am Stocky Anarchy 12, only on Instagram. And of course, I am Adam Sank on Twitter, Instagram, uh, on TikTok. I'm Adam Sank official, even though I never update my TikTok. And please follow the Adam Sank Show page on Facebook, where we post all kinds of stories and links and fun stuff. Oh, and the and AdamSank.com, where we have the Ass Blog. Um, I also want to thank Steve for sitting in the host seat. We are back next week with actor and playwright Drew Drogi. Subscribe to this podcast at DNRStudios.com. Don't forget to order your Ass merch at AdamSank.com. Follow me on all the socials. Email me your dick pics at adam at adamsank.com. Do not email them to Rachel Butera. <laughs> Have a great week, bitches. Bye. Bye.